In movies and video game production, 3D scanning is used for virtual and augmented reality, motion capture, gesture recognition, and robotic mapping. It's also used in industrial design, orthotics and prosthetics, reverse engineering and prototyping, quality control, and even digitization of cultural artifacts. Fantastic! In this episode, 2248, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be addressing these uses when they address the commonly asked question, how is 3D scanning used in CGI? On the CG Bros, CG Insider. Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. And if you're a new listener to our podcast, it's awesome to have you. If you're a regular listener, it's great to see you again. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, we'll be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com, this time by Ryan Fleming from Everett, Washington. And Ryan asks, how is 3D scanning used in CGI? And I'm Sean Johnston, just so you know, a professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. And today I'm currently a full-time animation director. By the end of our discussion today, you'll not only know how 3D scanning is used in CGI, uh, you also know a little bit of uh, history and background as well as some other applications you may not have known that 3D scanning was used for. So be sure to stay to the end as well, uh, because we'll be reading some uh testimonials that we received, as well as some Certificate of Achievement winners. That should be pretty great. I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment. And uh, we're grateful to be your hosts for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. And thanks, Ryan, for asking this great question. Uh, So, Sean, uh, why don't we start out talking a little bit about maybe, you know, what scanners are and how they work. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so basically, it's the 3D scanner is basically a, an, a, a hardware that allows you to collect data on a real world objects in, in, re, in the real world by shooting basically a laser at it and doing triangulation, some nice math. And, and that laser beam is projected onto the object that you want to scan into the computer. And it's that on that target is measured and it does it in increments across the object and basically creates it in a 3D in 3D in the computer. Yes, now the nice thing about that is it's a, there's there's several different scan types of scanning technologies out there. Some use lasers, some use, you know, images and some some use uh, different methods, but uh you know, basically, you know, just like 2D scanners can digitize documents and photos, um 3D scanners allow us to digitally digitally capture uh the dimension of depth as well, um which basically allows us to capture any 3D object from the real world uh, and copy it accurately uh you know, from full-size buildings and and other structures for, to human beings, animals, and you know, any any small object, basically anything. Um, you can basically you know scan an object and bring it into the uh, computer, the three D world of the computer. Basically, is, is how that is what a scanner is. Right. Then you can manipulate it, and and you know you could actually rig it, animate it, um, you colorize it, you know, paint it, and everything else. Uh, so it's it's used for a lot of different things, not just uh, in you know, for example, in film and TV shows. But it's it's used in a lot of applications. Um, you want to talk about a little bit of those? You want to go into, um, you know, the the actual you know TV and, and film version of of using the three D well, scan. Uh, why don't we go ahead and, and and well, I'd like to talk a little bit. Well, why don't why don't we show? I'm, yeah, I'm going to show a little, <laughs> a little background if, if we can. Um, you know, like so it. basically, what you what you end up with after scanning is a is a three dimensional data set that represents that three real world object, um, and it's 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 used in just about every area of manufacturing at some point, uh, at least today. And, and a lot of businesses are actually using 3D scanning uh, to do uh, 
you know, design work and, and iteration, uh, particularly the, the industries of automotive and military uh, medicine and, and other sectors. And we'll talk about more about how that's used a little later on. But, um, you know, basically the background of 3D scanning, uh, you know, it's not it's not anything new, really. I mean, it's been around since, oh, gosh, since the 60s. Um, and it was basically uh, invented to help transfer you know, physical parameters of an object into a digital format. Uh, that the computer could understand and, and display, and that that would be in the form of a three D model, say. And uh, you know, initially, Sean, I, and I remember back, you know, in the, I mean, not, not in the sixties, <laughs> but when we started getting into three D graphics, um, they had three D scanners, but they were they were contact scanners. They're they're basically these scanners that had that had they're basically a mechanical touch probe at, uh, on the end of this armature. That you and you, right. you point, point, exactly point. you'd create a grid and you'd you'd, I, you'd watch these guys put tape mm. on these objects and create a grid uh, on on the object and then they'd go through with this touch probe and touch each intersection each each cross you know where where the lines intersected which would create a grid of points and that basically outlined would outline and create a point cloud if you will uh, uh, that represented uh, the 3D object. Uh, on the computer. I think it's funny. And so I was just thinking about that, uh, what you're saying about, um, you know, the, the technology and saying, oh, well, not in the 60s. They were, they were just doing a point by point. They didn't have lasers uh, back then. And that reminds me of, a, of um, when we went and saw that movie um, with, with Mel Gibson. I forgot it was a military movie. Um, and I, I was saying, why aren't they using night vision? And it was based in, I guess, in the in Vietnam War. And I'm like, they didn't have <laughs> night right. vision back then. And you're like, it's so funny. Um, anyway, that was a that was a little story. I thought we just think just kind of popped up to my head. Yeah. So I mean, it's very interesting how the technology has changed. And you know, that what's really interesting is that that contact uh, scanning is still done today uh, for certain things. It's not it's not ideal because we have the touchless scanning of the lasers and the uh, photogrammetry and stuff like that, but you know, if you're, you know, for certain things, it's it's really useful. Uh, but the thing, you know, one reason that you wouldn't use contact scanning, of course, is because you always run the risk, even if it's a small risk of, you know, damaging the object that you're trying to scan. And you can imagine if you're trying to scan some kind of, you know, historical vase or, you know, some, something that's, you know, ancient, right? And you're trying to scan this thing and you bump into it or something or you push too hard and, the, 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 you know, you break it. Uh, so that that's where these, these other uh, newer uh, technologies for scanning are really shine. Um, and so, you know, so, yes. so how are things scanned, Sean? What, what's the, what, well, there's, there's large scanners where they, you, you have to have an, a, you know, basically what's, what's shooting the laser. You have a, you have a large, so if it depends on what you want to scan, do you want, I guess today, like you said, when, when we had, um, you know, let's say a small object you wanted to scan into the computer, it took point by point, right? And that, and now it with the lasers, you can. It's gotten down to the point where you have something that's, you know, between nine thousand, twenty five thousand, depending on which type you you use. There's one called an Arctic Space Spider uh, scanner, that's been used actually in a lot of different ways, um, especially uh, on uh, TV and film, and so it's it can be handheld. Uh, for example. This, um, the one I was talking about, the Arctic Space Spider, it's about $2,500. It was used on um, SNL within the last few years. And what it's been doing is it's, it's helped um, uh, the actors. So because there's, there's a lot of makeup artists right now on Saturday Night Live when they try and make you, let's say, for example, this, I'll give you an example. Here's uh, um, Jim Carrey 
and um, Alec Baldwin and doing a, you know, Democracy 2020, they, they have uh, prosthetics on your faces. And so they're using, used to take a lot of time to sit in the makeup artist chair and they would actually make these prosthetics. And it was a, a kind of a, a really involved process. Um, there's a lot of physical contact, especially around COVID when it was happening. And, you know, you have this 20 to 30 minutes sitting in the chair trying to get this. Well, they use a, uh, and this is a picture of, um, of Ted Lasso, the actor uh, who plays Ted Lasso, uh, Jason Sudeikis. And this is, they're scanning his face for this particular um, SNL show. And they're able to do something very, very quick. In under 10 minutes, the guy sits down, an actor will sit down, and they'll, they'll scan his face really quickly. Um, and then they'll go ahead and, and right away, they'll get this nice 3D um, printed um, facsimile in the computer and print out the prosthetics that they can use on you know Thursday, basically before they go into SNL on Saturday. So it's um, really interesting how they they're using that to to uh, to do things a lot more quickly um, uh, for at least prosthetics and, and, and TV, and they do that a lot now. So that's it's really um, uh, fascinating to me. Yes, and you can see he's actually using a handheld scanner there, and that's that's of course there's different sizes of scanners for different. Know, different uses but you know since this one is you know stationary guy and it's in a confined space the handhelds are really really kind of nice and there that, that it's it's used for uh you know a lot of the same in, in the same way for medical uh use you know you can you can actually use those to create you know the process they're actually used to create prosthetics uh they do they i think they use a, a higher you know maybe a higher resolution uh or an alternate to this one uh, no, yeah it's an alternate uh type of um scanning method to, to really get maybe higher resolution. But I think basically for, for general prosthetics use and, and even dentistry uh, for that matter, um, you know, it's used for all these, all these different kinds of things. So, um, and there's different types of scanning that we can get into as well. But, but I think, uh, you know, just generally speaking, um, you know. Yes. I, and this, well, this particular um, scanner that he's using is the, uh, the spider. This one here is actually very, very high res. Um, you get uh, very close. I think it's one micron or something. I mean, it's really, really high. For example, here there's there's a car, um, and, and this particular car was in the UK. There's a there's a there's a show, um, and this particular car, I believe it's. Um, uh, let me get back to. I just lost my place. <laughs> um, it's actually a Ford Cortina Mark III, and there's a there was a British show uh, called. Um, car SOS. And so that shows about uh, restoring um, cars uh, for out of luck, you know, down and out uh, owners. And they, they go through and they do it basically in secret and they do classic car restorations. Well, this particular Arctic uh, space uh, spider was used to scan a piece of the uh, console that they could not get for this. In fact, this particular car, there's a lot of rust and everything else with it, but uh, they, they basically um, re rest restored this entire car, including a, a console that they had to borrow from another car. Um, and they, they actually, here's, here's a video of what, what's going on actually. So let me uh, mute the uh, sound here, but this is kind of a quick video of the whole process where they, they took a, uh, borrowed a console from, uh, this particular, an, a, another Mark car and they took it and they, and they scanned it and it, and it really came out very beautifully. Uh, and in fact, here's the picture of it at the very end. And then they were able to restore it, uh, really, you know, it's very accurate, Bill. I mean, it's, it's amazing how accurate these lasers can. Oh, are. yes. And they're actually creating car, you know, parts for the car engines as well for those, though they're, they're actually doing scanning, you know, just as like they did the dashboard, they're actually doing engine parts that way as well. And even, even if they have a damaged part, 
they can take the the part that's not damaged, especially if it's a symmetrical part, scan the 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 part that's that's viable and just basically mirror it and and print out the new part. Say like for a bracket or for mounting. You know, there's a lot of different hardware that is symmetrical that way. Uh, but but if you can have at least part of the part, you don't even have to have the whole thing. You can even have just part part of it and then just build the rest of it if you if you need to. And they're doing that for to restore a lot of the old old classics uh, because yeah, like you said, the parts are just not available anymore. And so yeah, you just can, especially with three D printing of metal these days, you can just print the part straight straight away. Yes, and they had a they had a uh, nineteen nineteen uh, Harley Davidson. Uh, their distributor cap they couldn't uh, couldn't get, and so they had to find it from one that was, uh, you know, re- restored, uh, that was, and they did the same thing. They, they 3d printed, uh, from a legacy part that they couldn't, it was not manufactured anymore. So like you said, that that's happening a lot. Um, and, and also in, in other things, for example, like you, I think you mentioned something about, um, a pottery and there's a lot of, a lot of that happening where you're, you're, they're scanning, um, to save the world's oldest civilizations like Mesopotamia. They're actually, you know, for example, the one in Iraq that was, that was bombed, uh, during the war. Um, and so you're, you're looking at all these very old, um, you know, uh, sculptures and old, uh, statues and, you know, dug, dug into the earth. And, and, and so these scanners will allow us to be able to have, scans of these things in 3d and be able to preserve at least on the computer. Um, you know, so, and if we ever, I guess if they ever wanted to do it again or, or build it back up, um, I guess they could because it had the exact measurements, right? Yeah, that's you know, exactly. Yeah. And that's the nice thing about having the, the, the data sets is you can actually recreate them, uh, you know, or even produce uh, plans for, you know, building that or rebuilding that stuff. Cause you can just basically translate stuff, translate that stuff into CAD and, and it could create even a list of building materials you need, you know, I mean, it's pretty sophisticated. I mean, the, the, what you can do with these data sets is pretty amazing. I mean, it's 3d scanning has really accelerated the improvements of, of you know, not only existing products and, uh, but, but, but old, old things, like you said, you know, you can, we can just, like you said, pottery and stuff, you can scan just the, the broken pieces and you can reassemble them with, and see what the original product looked like, the original artifact anyway. And, uh, you know, there, there, there are a lot of things you can do with the data sets once you have them, um, you know. Yes. And the things we're probably used to seeing, you know, for example, Fear of the Walking Dead, there was a VFX uh, team that needed to uh, use digital models of the actors and they actually digitized the props to do, I, I couldn't, I didn't want to show you the video of, of this particular thing because we, we wouldn't, uh, it'd probably be uh, taken down or, or uh, minimized, you know, in, in the YouTube algorithm, but it, it actually showed a picture of, of the walking dead where, um, there was an actor that, uh, had a prosthetic arm that they scanned and put it on there in 3d as well as the actual, um, prop that actually was used to cut the guy's arm off, uh, pretty graphic. And I didn't want to show that, but all those things are happening uh, now where they're using these in, in TV shows. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it allows, oh, I was, I was going to back up to the SNL. I mean, a lot of those actors had to sit there and get that, you know, um, face makeup on, you know, where they're putting, what would they do for, you know, creating the prosthetics? It's this really messy thing that they're putting all over their face to get the, the mold. Yeah, it's a custom job every they time. Don't have to, they don't even have to do that. It's What's a custom that? job every time. Every time. Yeah. So, beautiful uh, man it's amazing stuff yes and there's other so. uses that you know before we get to you know the hollywood stuff i mean there's always there's plenty of other uses for for 3d scanning uh, one of them is in dental work where they they used to put you know take molds of your mouth and they still do this uh, you know it's it's a little cheaper option but to put that goo in your mouth and you know let it set up and then you, they take the molds out and it's a, it's a whole involved 
kind of process, but things are going digital these days. And then this, this is just an image of, of somebody, they actually will do a 3D scan of your mouth and your teeth, and uh, they can create digitally uh, the, the, you know, what you need, the fillings and the crowns and the dentures and the stuff all through a 3D printed uh, process as well. And even, even ultrasound or CT scan, CC scans is another scanning way of scanning, digital scanning, which, you know, reveals the inner, inner parts of your body. And a lot of this is used for facial reconstruction where they'll scan half your skull. I mean, you've been in an accident, they'll still scan your, 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 you know, the good side of your face and use that to reconstruct the broken side of your face. And here's a, here's an example kind of of that of somebody who's had some, some cranial facial, facial olfactory fractures, uh, it's also used in MRI technology as well, where they slice up your body. Very similar to how it, if you think of 3D printing, and we've done a, a couple uh, podcast, you know, a couple podcasts talking about that one specifically, uh, where we cover, you know, how 3D printing is done. But the MRI process basically digitizes your entire body into basically sliceable, sliceable layers. And you can run through the slices, as you see in this image here, and kind of just take look at any slice you want. And it basically is a is a is a cross section of of the body and you can look at really any any part of the internal structure of the body using using MRIs. It's pretty amazing. And of course, oh, go ahead, Sean. I was gonna say, how cool would that be um, to be able to actually throw that your your scan into VR and then have a doctor go inside there and actually go inside your body and look at it, you know, almost like you're going into your body uh, physically. Fantastic voyage going into stuff, the, you know. Yeah, you go in there and look at it and rotate around it and how cool would that be to be able? Well, to yeah, do I that? think that's, that's that's definitely coming. I mean, look at this. Here's a here's a 4D ultrasound t talking about going inside the body and looking around. I mean, he, the, on the left is a 3D ultrasound, and on the left on the right is a, is, a, is a 4D ultrasound, which actually now adds you know material and and lighting, subsurface scattering, kind of if you will, uh, kind of a lighting model to the to the data set, and you can really see the the life. I mean, you could looking inside the body, Sean. I mean, it, it's just a, truly an amazing thing. Um, Yes. And speaking of that, thanks for keeping us back on trap to, to actually go before uh, film and videos or film and uh, TV um, is to uh, this is kind of interesting. I didn't know about this, but there's actually there um, that Arctic space spiders also helped helped, um, you know, restore confidence to uh, breast cancer survivors. I didn't realize this, but there's a lot of women, I guess, because of there's actually a growing number of women who are choosing, choosing to wear um, prosthetics rather than have reconstructive surgery after a mastectomy. And I didn't know that. So it's kind of interesting. Before that, they just scan the the breast that's going to be removed, and then on this, uh, you know, then they can wear this underneath uh, later on if they don't want to have the actual reconstructive surgery, and it's the exact same replica of of her breast. You know, I think that's it was fascinating to me. That is amazing stuff, Sean. Well, and here's an example of of uh, a use as well of of three uh, D scanning to do. Uh, Facial recognition. I mean, this is a kind of kind of the the the, the data points that I mean. I was when I went to uh, on vacation last year. Uh, as we're coming back into the United States, and we, we traveled abroad, my wife and I, and we, as we're coming back in, they had us, you know, kind of like at the DMV, where you step, put your toes on the line, and you smile for your camera to take your driver's license picture. It was very similar to mm -hmm. where you had you stand on the line and and look at the camera and. You know, as I so I got to curiously, I went so after he validated, I could come back into the U.S. Uh, I went over and I looked at what he was doing and he had, he was using a facial recognition system, which uses some, some reference photo of mine, probably oh, basically on my license is what it was, I think, to see, you know, check the data points on my face, do a, do an analysis, set up my face and then check it against my license. You know, and so it would, it was a very interesting technology, but this is another use that 3D scanning is, is being used for as well, which, you know, is both good and bad. <laughs> 
No, I, yeah, I don't even get me started on that. I, there's a lot of uh, creepiness to a lot of that, um, which is, you know, I, I like I said, I don't want to get into, but it's, uh, you, can we get into films and, and uh, TV shows yet? Or well, no? you know, let me show you one last thing. It's, it's, uh, sorry, <laughs> okay. it's, 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 it's car, car safety is, is, a, is a really great area. Oh, like and that. here's an example of, of some, some LIDAR technology that's being used for, for car auto vision these days. And it takes a 360 degree view of the environment, which is a really a great thing because it's, it's a, re, it's basically allows you real time analysis of your environment, uh, some really high level car vision technology here and uh you know i'll tell you lidar is a very powerful way to to you know we we're talking about how to capture small scale things lidar is used for, for capturing large areas where you know buildings and and and, and houses and you know, structures like you can even do entire blocks uh just depending on on the uh, and here's a here's a here's a little sample of that of some real-time capturing i mean you can take a pretty wide you know scale capture uh, using lidar and that's just one of the many technologies that are being used but primarily is being used now to, to develop the auto vision. I love how it has the shadows in, uh, as well in there. And that's interesting how it, uh, it actually shows that. Yeah. That's just, a, yeah, that's just where the, 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 yeah, the LIDAR cannot, you know, isn't reaching, you know, so that's why you're, it's effective. I mean, it's, it's exactly what it, what it looks like it should be. Wow. That's, that's really neat. The high resolution radar and wow. All right, go for it, Sean. Hollywood. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'll just jump into it. So uh, also for, for the film, for example, um, the, they used uh, 3D scanning technology to cre recreate the dinosaurs in Jurassic World. Uh, if you have seen that movie, there's, a, there's an Apatosaurus um, that, uh, and I'll show you a little video, the little image of the Apatosaurus uh, that um, Chris Pratt, and I forgot the, the, uh, the actress's name, um, I guess that's, um, uh, I can't even remember her name, but anyway, this this particular uh, video, um, I believe, it's from Le Legacy VFX. They did some um, scanning of the actual mold that they had created, you know, practical mold of the uh, Apatosaurus. And sure enough, Steven Spielberg said, "You know what? Um, this isn't big enough." Okay, well, we just we just made this, and so what do we do? Well, they had already scanned it into the computer, and so all they did is they reprinted it out. At a larger, and they basically could reprint it, you know, as as, as big as they wanted to, really, um, and it, and that saves a ton of man hours because they've already sculpted it, and so they didn't really need to sculpt it again. They just basically needed to clean it up, repaint it, and um, you know, and it's ready to go. So that gives you such a time savings um, for all the artists involved. Yes, and they're actually using that not only to create, di you know, digital dinosaurs; they're using it to create digital doubles of. Hollywood stars for use in that, you know, action shows and, and some of the movies we've come to love. Here's a Will Smith getting scanned in, in uh, one of the scanning booths there. And here's this digital recreation. And they've used that to create his characters and, and, uh, you know, for his films. That's, un that's uncanny. Here's uh here's a, the Wolverine as well. Here's where he's actually, you know, where he's encountering his digital double in, in, uh, in Logan. And it kind of shows, this is one of my nice, uh, my, I love this breakdown, because it actually shows them tracking the 3D model, which is a scanned face of, of uh, the actor. And, and you can basically see here are the scans of, of him. And with, they've basically taken uh, different scans of different expressions. They've, they've created a library, and you can actually see them blending between them using blend shapes here. Um, and then they, they, they do a little performance rig, set up the performance rig, where artists can come in and, and basically recreate any performance that Hugh Jackson uh, makes any facial performance anyway, because you could see it, you know, in this instance, the, the, they're using a, a double 
uh, and then they're just you know mapping his his you know ch chest and face onto it, neck and face really. And here's the different lighting lighting scenarios uh, for the digital double. And you know here they are capturing him. And this is a, a cage where you basically this is an optical setup here, um, where they're just basically taking pictures from every angle for every you know different lighting going around the in the entire 360 uh, degrees uh, up and down in, inside the sphere. So you get basically all the backlighting of the ears and 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 you know basically the entire lighting uh, model uh, for him and including the eyes. And so they do the eyes separately, where you can actually light the eyes and, and control that separately as well. It's pretty amazing technology. It really is. And we didn't even get a chance to say I was going to show some Terminator Genesis where they used Arnold, did some stuff for Arnold as well. And then, of course, video games. We didn't get into that um, where World War Three, they actually scanned um, to make uh, the actual weapons themselves for the games as well as the characters. They scanned them and used those instead of well, they actually there's a process that they used. Uh, they used uh, ZBrush as well to clean up the, the models and everything else. But they, they they're realistic more real i mean they're basically real objects they're not they're not modeled they're scanned how much time do we have uh, which left, is huh? really really cool uh 24 Look, i'd like to let me just show a couple uh talking about scans here's some here's some real world scans and this is what they're using scanning technology another thing used for scanning technologies technology is to actually add real world scanned objects into the computer and use those in video games and uh virtual environments to say is that quick uh, yeah that's that that, Quixel mega scans exactly and here's uh, mm -hmm. here's some you know yeah and I was going to show the 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 model of the, the the weapon that I was talking about they scanned multiple weapons including the characters themselves in ours as well so and there's the ZBrush uh, prosthetic so and then of course there's Arnold anyway well, here's a, here, <laughs> I can yeah, keep going. Well, here's a, here's the, what you were talking about here oh let me uh, let me get this back down so people can see it here but here's basically Arnold and in, in, in uh, as he comes back as a digital Arnold. Very impressive stuff, and here's this digital double. They actually scanned Arnold and took his, took his his uh, the 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 texturing, you know, the image based data as well, and used those in the texturing texture creation. Uh, the, the hair looks a little yes. Strange. World War Z did the same thing. Go ahead. I'm just saying it's 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 it's, a, it's used all throughout Hollywood. It's very impressive, uh, very impressive, and gaming for that matter. You know, the same technology is used in gaming. So it's it's well yeah that's what I said I was just showing you the the World War uh, three uh, game where they did the models of the of the characters as well as the the weapons. Great. Well, you know we it's uh, go ahead and uh, I think we're you want to go with yeah, testimonials let's, let's real go quick. For that. You want to do a couple of those or do you want to do certificate of achievements? Uh, well, let's, do we have time for both? Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and do a certificate of achievement. That How's that? Go for it. And and what that is is actually it's a, it's an award that we we give. Uh, and it's based on the number of views of a video of a short film or any video actually on our channel. And I wanted to to do a special recognition for uh, Andrew Klimoff, uh, and he produced a thrilling 3D action short called Countdown on our channel, which actually was published last month and now has over 284,000 views. Um, and they, he just, uh, was awarded a certificate of achievement of, um, hundred K certificate. So we have a hundred, uh, we have 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million and 10 million. So his next one is 1 million. So hopefully he'll get up there. Yeah, congratulations, soon. Andrew. Uh, we had a certificate of achievement winner for the 10,000, uh, uh, 10,000 view level, uh, to Petra Rosis, Rosis, Rosic, excuse me. I'm sorry, Petra, uh, Rosicki. Uh, for the film, uh, his, his short, Hell Are Others. And uh, that went live two weeks ago and has over 11,000 views. Way to go, uh, Piotr. 
Yes, congratulations. That's that's Definitely. awesome. And uh, we want to next. Yeah. Is, uh, I was going to say, I just was going to close this out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank good. you for being part of our podcast today. Uh, we want to let you know that we do do them exclusively for you. And we really had a great time answering Ryan's question. How is 3D scanning used in CGI? I, I think we covered quite a bit here and hope that you learned something new that you didn't know along the way. Because that's our goal here. It's our philosophy that you should learn something uh, new, at least one thing new every week, whether you need to or not. And we definitely enjoyed our conversation. And if you did uh, as well, share it with some of your friends. We'd, we'd appreciate that. And hit the like button, too, because it helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and VFX-related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Bros Insider Podcast. Um, by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, you can let us know by shooting over to our website at thecgbros.com and uh, over to the About Us tab and click on Ask Us Anything uh, drop down, just like Ryan did, and, and leave your question there. Well, we're always looking to improve our podcasts, and we actually do these raw and live, so you hear all of our mistakes along with it. So we're, we're talking over each other and everything else. So, but you're getting it live, so maybe you can, if you're you're really interested in listening while you're listening, you go, oh, I wonder how many they're going to mess up. Anyway, um, please leave us a comment below, and if you do, there are no guarantees. We may even read it uh, during one of our future podcasts. And of course, just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new uh, cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other and related and interesting topics. Uh, also, be sure to check out the CG Bros uh, YouTube channel for your awesome front row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today, as well as really awesome revealing VFX breakdowns behind the scenes and making ofs. Yeah. We're really looking forward to seeing you yeah. here uh, next week. Uh, for next week's podcast, we'll be answering another great question from a fan. What makes CGI animation more human? Oh, that sounds like a great podcast. See you next week. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how is 3D scanning used in CGI? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up, too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout-out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what makes CGI animation feel human? This has been episode 2248 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.